Blog Talk Radio. listening tonight and um, you got to see my kind of have a bug but I thank God for his healing power I'm not waiting for healing to come I'm already receiving healing while many people are looking forward to the holiday season others are depressed and they want to avoid the holidays 
no matter the depth of your hurt, Jesus said, I will never leave nor abandon you. On the show today, we will have a great young man. He's an author. He's a family man, great man of God. His name is Mr. Bradley Benson. Mr. Bradley Benson will talk to us today about steps to help us face grief, especially during this holiday season, and much more in the episode called Good Grief. Why Believers Can Grieve with Hope. I want to welcome Mr. Bradley Benson to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good, doing good. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for being here. Well, I want to first, like I said, thank you um, for those that missed out last week. Um, he was on the show and uh, very, very dynamic episode with he and his wife speaking about finances but today we want to talk about grief and especially very fitting during this holiday season it's a lot of people instead of them enjoying instead of them preparing to gather around family and friends there are so many of them right now that may be in seclusion some of them may be depressed. Some of them may just want to just uh, hide until the holiday season is over with. And I'm also uh, thankful for those. We're going to speak about it later on in the show, but um, Mr. Vincent also wrote a book about grief, which is the title of today's episode, Good Grief, Why Believers Can Grieve with hope. Yes, so can yes, you yes. first, can you uh, share a little bit about uh, grief at this moment? Yeah, um, my grief journey. Um, yeah, uh, I have, like many of us, have lost someone that we love dearly. Uh, and as we go through life, you know, uh, death is inevitable. Uh, and my story is not special. Uh, it is special to me and my family, though. Uh, May 11, 2016, our granddaughter, Alana, uh, died in a car accident, and it pretty much changed our lives um, and placed us in this grief journey that's very new and different for us. You know, as a child, my grandparents passed away. I've had aunts and uncles to pass away. I've had friends to pass away. Uh, But when you have a child pass away, it kind of kind of throws you out of order um, and you wonder about things and you struggle with things and so um, that's that's the new grief journey that I'm on right now my family and I um, as grandparents and the complicated grief that goes with that uh, grieving a grandchild and grieving for her parents uh, which is you know our children you know and so um, we're kind of a different journey for us, one that we didn't expect, and uh, we're just traveling it uh, in the best way we can with hope and uh, loving each other through it. Number one, thank you for sharing. Now, a lot of people think that because we're saved, and especially you, you know, great knowledge of the word of God, a lot of times people think that because we are saved or because we uh, ministers, we don't hurt or we right. don't have questions. Can you right. Can you please explain? Yeah, I mean, it's part of the, the human dilemma. Uh, we're, we're in a uh, sick, and I call it a sick world, as in people get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a world. It's a world of sin. Uh, it's a fallen world. So things happen. Um, but we, as believers, and especially those that are put in, in areas of ministry to oversee the flock, um, sometimes a burden is put on us by ourselves to be those superhuman spiritual people. And you know, we facilitate funerals. 
and you know we facilitate these things and we have to be stoic because um, we have to show that strength as being kind of a, a spiritual warrior to that family to help them get through but then when death comes knocking at our door that same flock wants us to be strong because we're their leader you know it's like well how do I get through this if my pastor can't get through it, if my minister can't get through it, because they're falling apart. And sometimes we put that burden on ourselves, and sometimes the burden is put on us from the flock. And in both instances, uh, that's not well. Um, I've had pastor friends, personal pastor friends that have lost loved ones, and they've gone and they've actually facilitated that loved one's funeral. And they come on back home, and a couple of weeks later, they're back in the pulpit. And they haven't taken the time to grieve. Despite everything else, you're human. You're flesh. You're going to hurt. And so, uh, and as that spiritual leader, we have, to, we have to be vulnerable enough to be human and say, you know what, church, I'm hurting right now. I just lost a family member. I need some time to grieve. Just pray for me. Give me some time, and I'll be back in the pulpit. I'll be back in service. I'll be back in whatever capacity um, as God sees fit, but I need time to grieve. And we have to do that for ourselves as servants of God, and those that we're serving have to let us do it and let us be human. So it's kind of a two-edged sword as it deals with that. Yeah. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people think, well, because you grieve, that means that you're weak or you don't trust God and everything. But that's oh, not no, the case. No. Yeah, grief, grief is an outward show of love. Mm-hmm. Those that love much grieve much. Mm-hmm. And as a believer and as one with hope, and this is just things that, you know, I've had to learn in the past 19 months. You know, this is not stuff that I knew because, you know, uh, grief, as well as anything else, any other kind of experience that you haven't experienced, it's all book knowledge or hearsay or someone else teaching you what that means. But when you're walking that journey, your vision is very different. Um, and so, but as a believer, you know, when you look at it at a deeper level, we're not grieving the position of the person that have gone on because they're in a better place. I would prefer her to be here on earth with me, but spiritually and the believer in me know that she's in a better place. There's no place better than heaven. So I'm not grieving her position. I'm grieving my position Mm -hmm. of being here without her. And so as a believer, that's what we struggle with. You know, it's like, you know, I'm grieving, I'm grieving, but I'm grieving uh, my loneliness. I'm not grieving the new position of my loved one. Hmm. You know, that's, uh, that's beautifully said, you know, and it's okay to grieve. But a lot of times oh, yeah. people think, a lot of times people think, well, because we are believers, ministers, whatever, there is a set way or a set pattern to grieve. No. And also, and, uh, people have yeah. to understand that there are different stages of grief, and those right. stages are not set in a particular order. Right, and. You know, and, and I can, I'm can i speaking as a griever and as a believer. Um, I've, I uh, adopted those stages of grief, as they call them. I know the stages of, you know, uh, denial and things like that. But as I'm walking this journey and doing more study, and that's some of the book knowledge kind of stuff, but there are no stages to grief um, because, you know, the stages that a lot of us believe in are really based on a book that was written about people that are dying. So it's the stages of grief for those that are dying, not necessarily grievers. 
because the first book that came out was about the stages that people that are dying go through, which is, you know, denial, uh, what is it, disbelief, anger, all that kind of stuff like that. And trying to fit yourself into that mold is very hard because, number one, those stages weren't really written for grievers. But also, when you look at them in an order, you're thinking, well, I should be on step four by now, but I'm still in disbelief or what you would define as disbelief. And so you struggle with the stages because you're like, I should be further along by now. Um, Grief doesn't have a timetable. Um, There's a gentleman that wrote a book, a very good friend of mine called uh, Ron Kelly, and he wrote a book called Grief Case, like briefcase. And he said Mm -hmm. grief is like that kind of briefcase, and you open up the briefcase and you just reach in it, and whatever you pull out, that's kind of what grief is. So today I might pull out anger, or tomorrow I might pull out disbelief. You know, there's no order. You're just kind of reaching into this grief case daily, and whatever comes out is what comes out. Um, and so I, I kind of lean toward that, but I still don't lean into the uh, stages per se. Um, I, I consider it a journey, and you mm-hmm. just, you know, in the things that you try to grow with on the journey because honestly when you look at you know not the not the harp on it too long but you look at the so-called stages of grief um i struggled for a while with my granddaughter being gone but the reality is um i wasn't necessarily in disbelief i knew she was gone because if somebody asked me i would say my granddaughter died that's not a sign of disbelief you know so I didn't want to believe it, but if you ask me what happened, I would say my granddaughter died. So that pretty much throws the disbelief word out the window, you know, because uh, I knew it. It was a fact. I didn't want it to be a fact, but it was, but it is. Um, and so the thing about it as believers, though, you know, we find ourselves trying to over-spiritualize grief, and we, and we misquote or misinterpret Scripture. The Scripture says, do not grieve as a non-believer. Mm-hmm. It didn't say mm-hmm. that grieving it makes you like a non-believer. It said don't grieve as those who have no hope. All hope is in a risen Savior. And so mm-hmm. grief is a byproduct of love. Grief is a spiritual thing. Grief is a flesh thing also. Um, but at some point in all of our lives, we're going to grieve somebody or somebody's going to grieve us. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. Because we're all going to leave this earth in some way, shape, or form. Uh, So we're going to grieve somebody or somebody's going to grieve us before too long. Um, And so for us to, as believers, take on this extra burden of saying grief within itself or acting out in grief it's like being an uh, unbeliever. It's wrong. We're, we're to grieve, not to grieve like an unbeliever. And so we grieve with hope. We grieve with hope in a risen Savior. Yes, I grieve, but I know that God sits on the throne and my loved one is in their bosom. Mm-hmm. But I still grieve because I'm lonely. I want them here. But I'm grieving with hope. But I will also see them again. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I do want to say this. <clears throat> A lot of times people think, well, this is too much, and I want to talk to someone, but if I go to a psychiatrist, people may think I'm crazy, or people may think that uh, I'm weak or I'm not safe. It's okay for believers to give professional counseling. Yes. You know, yes. Um, I had a pastor, matter of fact, I'll just, I'll just say it like this. <clears throat> Years ago, my first lady, um, the death of her second son, uh, she spoke to me, imp- she spoke to me uh, just one-on-one because she wanted to check on me because he and I were very close. We were more than cousins. Um, he was my best friend. <clears throat> and 
she told me that the Lord laid upon her heart to check on me. And it was just her and I. And um, while we were talking, she said, and now this happened back in the 90s. And so she said, I want, I want to extend the same help to you as I did to the kids. She said, if you want to speak to someone, let me know. And to some people, that might have been small, but that was so profound because yeah. back in the day, it was it was almost like a, a, a you you don't you don't go see counselors, you don't go see professional counselors. You're saved, or you're the pastor's family member, you're the pastor's children. You don't go to counseling. But she showed that number one. There are Christian counselors, and those are ministers that God has placed for us. Right. And and it, it's okay. It's okay to get professional help, licensed physicians. Well, wait. Right. Well, the thing about it, and and don't take this wrong, but I think a lot of times we over-spiritualize grief. Mm-hmm. We over-spiritualize a lot of things. But, right, right, right. And, and and somebody gave me this perfect example because they talk about going to these grief groups and going to therapy and when is the right time and stuff like that. And they gave a great example. They said if you fall down, you slip off a curb and you fall down and you break your leg, are you going to wait for a little while and see how you feel tomorrow or are you going to go get your leg fixed? And that's the same way that grief is. Now, there's, I mean, and please don't – Please don't uh, make me, I mean, please don't take this as I'm belittling anybody, but you have people that have cancer. You have people that have other illnesses. And, yes, they pray about it, but they go to the doctor. Right. And they go get their treatments. And they go, you know, they go to the heart doctor. And they go, you know, they go to the, you know, chiropractor. And they go to the surgeon. But they still praying. They still coming to church every Sunday. Those Mm -hmm. resources are available for your healing. Right. So why is it when we need non-physical healing or non-physical, you know, guidance, we should just pray about it and keep it moving? No, God gave people different gifts for growth and healing in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And some people have the grief of therapy. Some people have the gift of psychology. Now, you mm-hmm. do need to find the right one that you feel comfortable with and that you can really share with that will help you with your, with your healing process. But I have no problems with it. Um, and that's part of that over-spiritualizing the thing. Now, I still pray for my family. You know, some of my family may or may not need therapy as far as grief is concerned. And they may have whatever feelings they have about that. But I still pray for them. I pray for myself. I pray for my family's healing. But we still go see somebody. Right. And I I have no ifs, ands, or buts about it uh, because, you know, at multiple levels, being a man, men don't want to go see no therapist. Being an African-American, they say black people don't want to go see therapists. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting at least a double or maybe a trifecta on the type of people that don't want to go see a therapist culturally or whatever else. But I'm going to do it because I need healing and my family needs healing. So as I heal... That helps facilitate the healing of my family. And if therapy helps that happen, along with prayer and speaking to my pastor and speaking to other godly people that have been through or or even have not been through this, I'm looking for healing. Mm -hmm. You know, and so uh, I I have no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, And if if that works with somebody's healing process, great. And there's also therapy. There's not. I mean, I mean therapy. There's also grief groups. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's groups out there, Christian and non-Christian, but there's groups out there. You know, for men, uh, for grandparents. You know, because that's a unique kind of grief, grieving as a grandparent. You know, there's there's groups for people that have had child loss. You know, and I I also want to throw this out there now because I I don't compare grief with anybody else. Right, um, right. Until, until you have walked a mile in somebody's shoes, you cannot put a rating on what their heart feels. And so, yes, 
um, I am grieving deeply because of the loss of my granddaughter. But I'm not saying somebody else can't grieve just as deeply from loss of their grandparent. Um, so I don't I don't put degrees on grief. Everybody's journey is individual. Uh, but there are special groups for types of grief that you're dealing with. And people should kind of just seek out those things as their comfort level allows, you know, uh, because you want to heal. And I want to kind of throw this out there, too, because it just uh, pricked my spirit. Don't wallow in grief thinking that that gives honor to the person that has gone on to glory. Your extra pain, your can't get out of bed for months and months at a time, and you kind of absorbing that. It's like, if I'm not grieving, I won't remember them. I want to speak into that very clearly. Your healing is probably one of the best ways to honor the person that has gone on to glory. Love them hard, miss them hard, but please try to heal. Try to take the steps to heal. It's not forgetting them as you heal. That you'll, you'll never forget them. So you feeling better does not negate or minimize the love you had for that person that's gone on. So, you know, please seek some level of healing as you walk this journey. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Um, someone needed to hear that. Matter of fact, we all needed to hear that. Um, a lot of times, um, and, and I'm going to tell you like this, this is me. I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning about grief. Um, it's still new to me. Um, matter of fact, um, just recent, I started doing uh, funerals. And, sure. um, and just, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, not only doing funerals of those that I don't know, but even those that I do know, um, I had to learn in even doing the funerals of those that I know, I had to make sure just as much as I want to be strong for someone else, I had to make sure to kind of find that getaway spot so that way I can allow myself to grieve. Right. So I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said, this is a learning process for all of us, regardless if you're behind a pulpit or not, regardless if you're saved or not. Right. And, and And one thing that I that I understand in this process and just blows my mind in this process. I honestly don't know where I would be standing today, 19 months later after my granddaughter's death, if I was not a believer. Hmm. I don't know how those that don't have hope in a risen Savior are doing it. Um, I'm glad I don't have to walk this journey without God. Uh, But if you feel like you are walking this journey without God and you were a believer before your grief experience, I just want to tell you this. You may feel like you've lost your faith, and this is something that a lot of us believers uh, deal with, is that you haven't lost your faith but your vision of God has been clouded by grief. And it was something that was so powerful. My, uh, my now three-year-old grandson, because this kind of, I love telling stories. And I mean, just things that are happening in my life. And one day he and I were getting in the car, I was taking him to daycare that morning. And it was going to be a gloomy, rainy day. I mean, it was dark, you know, oddly dark at that time of morning. And uh, we came outside and he said, Papa, the sun is out. I said, no, it's cloudy. This is called overcast. He said, no, the sun is out. I said, no, because we couldn't see the sun. I said, no, it's cloudy. He said, Papa, the sun is there. And it blew me away because even though we had that overcast of clouds, the sun was there. 
we just couldn't see it. And that's what grief is. We have this cloud and this fog of grief, but the sun is still there. The S-O-N sun is still right mm-hmm. there. But we just can't see him. We can't feel him. But he's there. And so a lot we've met people all over the place that have said they've lost their faith and they don't and I'm, I just try to I just try to love on them and tell them I don't believe you've lost your faith because for you to even say the word faith there's belief in that that God knows you exist. So it's not that you've lost your faith, you're just struggling right now. And you can't see him and you can't feel him, but the sun is there. The sun never left. Just now you have an overcast day and you can't see him, but he's right there. Mm. And so as the clouds clear and your vision clears, you'll see him more clearly. But he's not going anywhere. He's, he's always going to be beside you. And that's the kind of mm. word I want to give people that feel that they may, may have lost their hope or lost their faith. Uh, just the idea that they can say, I've lost my faith, means that they believe in something. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. <clears throat> and you know, it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to honor them. I realize that there's been some people when it comes down to their loved ones who have gone on, when it comes down to their birthday, they'll throw a big party as if they're physically there mm. and they, they have a celebration and and they sit back and they talk about the the good times the, the their legacy their legacy is still there you know and you you be surprised what type of joy that happens when we can come together on one accord just be able to just share in the bond in honor of our loved ones right yeah um I'm going to be bluntly honest because I'm just being transparent with you. Yeah, We're yeah. not there yet. Um, yeah. I, 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 don't even, I don't see myself throwing a birthday party or any kind of party on the day um, of my granddaughter's birth. Um, what we have learned to do, and we've only been through two birthdays so far, what we are learning to do is kind of don't plan anything you know, have some kind of little plans like, hey, we want to go do this or go do that or maybe let's go out to eat or something like that. But let the day be the day. And so if mm-hmm. we wake up that day and our body is just telling us don't get out of bed, be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we wake up that day and we're feeling a little bright and we're feeling a little bit chipper and we want to go to a park or whatever else, go do that. Um, mm-hmm. don't anticipate it being a bad day, but if it's a bad day, just let the day be what the day is. You know what I mean? Um, yes. yeah. because, you know, and I'm not saying nobody else can do that. I'm just speaking for my own yeah. self. Uh, yeah. I would hate yeah. to be, you know, I would hate to say, Hey, let's, let's throw a special birthday party this weekend in honor of her. And then I wake up that morning and I don't want to be around nobody. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm forcing yeah. myself yeah. to go do something that I'm uncomfortable with. And so, um, yeah, so for me personally, I, I, we just, you know, we just kind of decide to kind of let those days happen and mm-hmm. be in the day, lean completely into the day, uh, give the day what we can, uh, you know, because it's, it's still a bit overwhelming now. And so, you know, the best laid plans of, hey, let's go to a park, let's just get out of the house and, we might only be able to do that for an hour, and we need to come back mm-hmm. home and not be around anybody. Um, and it could be like that next year. It could be like that for the next 20 years. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I kind of live under the let the day happen. Um, yeah, but that's great if somebody can, if people can do that. And um, and that's a great thing. And, and I think, and like I said, I don't want to uh, put levels on anybody's grief. Um, but I, I'm thinking it, it might be, you know, maybe a little easier if it was grandma that had mm-hmm. a lot of years and, mm-hmm. you know, was around a lot of people and a lot of different people had memories of grandma, um, yeah. kind of, kind of versus what we're dealing with, you know, with, with the, with the, with the life of our granddaughter. She died at the age of four. 
yeah. And so, yeah, so it's just uh, not that she didn't have influence on a lot of people, uh, but it's it's kind of, you know, uh, it's just a little different to sit around and tell stories about a four-year-old. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, yeah, we remin- we reminisce, but you know, it's a little different. Number one, thank you for saying that, because you know, even me just sharing that, I don't want anyone to think that you know, this is the set quote unquote path or pattern that you have to do. Right, you right. know, like matter of fact, um, even the celebration I was mentioning, um, there was a member of our church that uh, we just celebrated. Um, her birthday, she uh, she's been going on to be with the Lord, I, I think, for for a couple of years. I can't remember. Take how long, but that's the way that that family celebrated. Right. That doesn't mean that those who don't celebrate are wrong. Uh, that doesn't right. mean right. that those that celebrate are are wrong or right. Right. You know, right. Just do exactly right. what you feel. Right. Right. <clears throat> And, you know, and, and that's the thing, because people are going to heal in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the grief journey is a journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I tell people that Alana was part of our family. She had cousins. She had aunts and uncles. She has brothers. You know, she has parents. She has grandparents. You know, all those kind of things. So we all miss Alana as a group as her family unit but within that family unit each of us miss her in our own individual way so the family grieves but then I grieve and so she might have a cousin that has a birthday party for her every year Mm -hmm. and And if that's how she wants to honor Alana or he wants to honor Alana, I'm all for that. I may or may not attend, (laughs) you know, but that's part of their healing journey. That's part of them showing love for her. And so you Mm -hmm. have to let people grieve in their own way. And so, yeah, but grief is very individual. And so uh, I I don't tell, you know, I don't really harp on uh, right and wrong ways to grieve. I do believe and there's healthy and unhealthy ways to grieve. Okay. Um, like, you know, um, I, isolating yourself. I mean, you know, some isolation comes with grief, but just isolating yourself from people, um, you know, um, reckless activities. Like, you know, you don't really love life no more, so you're going to go, you know, skydiving and scuba diving, you know, all this other kind of stuff that could be dangerous. You know what I mean? Uh, not that those things are bad, you know, but just kind of reckless lifestyle, uh, which can include, you know, alcohol and other risky stuff, you know. And so you don't want to pacify or medicate your grief. Yes, lean into it because that pain is going to come back when once you get down off that high or you put the bottle down and come down off of whatever you're messing with. That grief is going to come back. Then what do you do? And so you have to lean into it and try to heal in a healthy way. And so I do believe there's a healthy and unhealthy way to grieve. I don't necessarily believe there's a right or wrong per se to grieve because everybody's grief is individual. Mm-hmm. And even you saying uh, on an individual basis, even you can get a group of people who have lost, let's say, a mother, even though those people may have lost their mother, but the relationship that they had, that even people grieve differently, even though they may be the same relationship, you know, because right. one person, they might have been isolated from their parent. On the other hand, someone else might have been close, but they work with them, they, they stay with them. You know, they spent time with them. I mean, they they were like best friends. You know, so right. <clears throat> so you know, you just you just have to really just look at your relationship and, like you right. said, your grief. Right. And what what I what I've uh, recognized there because uh, I speak now, um, not mostly, but I speak to men about grief. You know, because men do grieve differently. 
but this one gentleman I spoke to, and this is kind of a thing dealing with grief that people don't really talk about much, is so his wife was ill for eight or nine months before she died, and he was her main caregiver. So when she died at her funeral, he wasn't sad. He wasn't emoting grief. He wasn't boo-hoo crying. And I saw him at church, and he was almost ashamed that he didn't grieve at his wife's funeral. And I told him about my own personal story. I had an aunt that passed away uh, many years after she had a stroke. And what I realized after her death, because at her funeral, uh, I was relieved and had joy for her transition. But some people think that you don't love them because you don't you didn't outwardly grieve. But what I realized is I grieved my aunt for the years after her stroke when she wasn't herself. I grieved the aunt I used to have before the stroke and she wasn't even dead. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. at her funeral I had this sense of relief that she had finally transitioned mm-hmm. and I would be able to see the aunt that I knew before she had her stroke. And so now I'm talking to this husband, this uh, widower that cared for his sick wife for many, many months and he grieved the wife he had before she was sick. So when she died, it was a sense of relief that when I see her again, she's going to be even better than she was before she got sick. But people at the funeral kind of took that wrong, and he didn't know how to, you know, how do I show them I'm grieving? I'm like, that's not, you're not obligated to show people that you're grieving, you know? But that's just the the complication of grief. And and grief can can mess your mind up, and grief can have you doing things or thinking things or trying to be things for people that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You just have to walk your journey, you know? Hmm. You know, you know, just you sharing that, it made me look at my own self. You know, so I want to, I want people to know this. Just because he's speaking, he's not just speaking to you all that's on the air or that's online, but he's also speaking to me too. So I want to thank you personally because you helped me to understand more about, like I said, more about grief. This is something that we don't often talk about, and sometimes we either find out when it's too late, but thank you for helping us to be proactive and being able to accept the way that we grieve in a healthy way. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still learning, you know, but... uh, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just think that, that God just kind of, God's been working on me in this whole process. So I'm just doing the best I can to uh, be obedient to him and uh, maybe help some other people heal as I heal. I'm not healed yet, uh, but, you know, if, if I'm able to help other people heal as I'm on my journey to heal, um, mm-hmm. then God will get the glory <laughs> out of that. Yeah. Um, right now we have someone online. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have someone on the line now. They would like to uh, come on and uh, maybe ask you a question, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. okay. Welcome Hello. to Speaking at My Heart Radio Program. You're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hello. How um, are you doing today? Good. I'm doing good. <laughs> um, I don't really have a question. I just wanted to come on here and Thank you personally for um, sharing your story because um, me and my family were kind of going through um, something like something like this grieving point. My cousin, um, he's he's not dead. He's um, it's like you said before. It's, he's in a state where I'm not used to um, seeing him in. Like I'm missing how we used to be, and it is it is. Um, in that time where it's around the holidays and you, like, you miss being around them. So I just thank you. Um, I'm just 
um, praying. I know God, um, we just have to, you know, just be in the process of how he's taking us. We just have to go in his pace of healing. So I just want to thank you um, for sharing your story, and it really helped me. Oh, thank you for calling in. Um, and and many blessings to you and your family. I know the, the holidays, and uh, we're experiencing it too. The holidays are uh, have all their own stresses with all the parties and the hanging decorations and all that other kind of stuff. And then you add in the grief and the loss or the illness of our loved ones, and it just kind of compounds the holidays. But um, the holidays are a group of days. And um, I just, you know, just, just please lean into your family. Um, because, you know, Christmas Eve and the day after Christmas, uh, if it's in God's will, you're still going to get those days. And so, uh, and your family will still be here and just kind of lean into it. And I, and I know it's hard. Uh, but like I said, the probably the, the two most painful words I've said to someone uh, since my granddaughter died is, I understand. Um, and I never thought that those words would be so painful. Uh, but they're probably the two most painful words that I that I could say to someone is, I understand what you're going through. Um, yeah, but um, I, I thank you so much for calling in and just just thank you for the words of encouragement. Um, yeah, we, we're we're all walking this journey at some level, and uh, yeah. I just yeah. pray that, uh, that that you can kind of continue to walk it well and kind of be that that beacon of light for your family and and as they as they watch you heal and watch you go through the process well as a believer and as someone with hope, it does help them heal too. And not that you're obligated to help them heal, but uh, but as you lean into what you're dealing with and you heal, they can see that as an example of how to heal in a healthy way, and it, and it can definitely help them. So I want to continue to encourage you in that, in that matter also. Thank you so much. Thank you. I think the, I think the uh, caller for for your comments and uh, and like I said, <clears throat> um, on behalf of Reconnect My Heart, also personally, I'm very honored for you to be here, um, you to share your story and also for you to uh, give us some wisdom that God has given you to help us with you along this journey. <clears throat> you know, right now, someone else may be going through it. You know, today is someone, tomorrow it might be us. But right. the thing is, you know, we can we can band together. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can band together. And, and like I said, this is what, a belief a believer a Christian family is all about. You know, you know, we're here to help one another. Yeah, I mean and and <clears throat> we're as believers, we're obligated to disciple other believers. And you disciple people where they are. Mm-hmm. And you know God's hands are in everything. God's voice is always speaking. And I was telling someone the other day, uh, kind of oddly enough, you know, God's voice sounds like a three-year-old and an eight-year-old to me now when my grandson say things. And I tell a lot of men, a lot of married men, oddly, God's voice sounds like my wife a lot. You know, so God is always speaking. And God is always in the midst. And so we just have to consciously tune our ears to hear him and, you know, follow his design of what he wants us to do and and be faithful. Now, that does not mean that bad things will not happen. Uh, Actually, quite the contrary, you know. Uh, We were not promised an easy, good life uh, by following him. Um, And I have to throw this out there, too, just just kind of different things of dropping in my spirit because you never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to tell people, yes, God is in control, but the God that I love and the God I have hope in, I don't see him as a puppet master. 
He's not pulling strings. God did not take my granddaughter. The accident took my granddaughter. Um, God is in control, but he's not a respecter of person. I'm no different, no better than any other person that walks this earth. And the earth that we created is a fallen earth, and things happen. Um, Yes, I would much prefer my my granddaughter to be here than not be here. But... um, but I'm also human, and I went through a period of being angry. Uh, I went through a period of being numb and just really upset about it. Um, and that's okay. Because the thing about God, you can be upset with somebody you know. <laughs> it's hard to be upset with a stranger. You know what I mean? And so when you're upset with God and you can lament to God and you can be like, God, Why? Help me figure this out, God. How are you going to use this to help me get more like you? I need you to answer this thing. And that's okay because we have a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Job. Job probably suffered more as a human than any other human on earth outside of Jesus Christ. He was broke. He was sick. He was grieving. And he was lonely because all of his friends left him almost a year if not longer and he lamented before God he even told God why did you let me be born just to do me like this and God said Job was a man you know uh, a man without blemish you know no other man walked the earth like Job this is from God's mouth and he's still sick Satan on him and so you know, who am I? Uh, I believe I have a relationship with God, so I can lament before God, and I can tell God how I feel, and he can respond and help me understand. Um, and so, you know, don't over-spiritualize it where you can't be angry, and you can't ask God why, and you can't have uh, – you can wonder, and you can be like, why is this, and you can – you know, you can, you know, fall off the deep end for a little while and let, and let God drag you out of the deep end of the water. Uh, that's part of the human experience. Um, so, you know, but you need to lean into your grief and uh, and see what God is saying to you in the midst of all this. Because despite, despite what we want or, or despite every miracle that you may pray for being fulfilled, it's still going to be a 100% death rate on earth. And when you put that in, when you put it in that perspective, you know, what are you going to do with what God has given you? You know, what are you going to try to do to build the kingdom in the time that you do have? So that's kind of where I am with it. Hmm. That was, uh, that was needed. That was needed. Hmm. You know, when you were speaking, <clears throat> when you were speaking, uh, I thought about earlier when you were saying about how people handle grief differently, and it made me think about uh, the singer Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton, uh, his son passed away, and when his son passed away, he wrote a song called uh, Tears in Heaven. Yep. And, I know that song. You know, yep. Yeah, that's he went to what he knew. He knew music, and uh, you know that song got him a Grammy and and all that. But but uh, that's the way that he not only paid tribute to his son, but that's the way that he he grieved. That's what right. you know. That's what he did. You know. <clears throat> Yeah. That that song is so touching, you know, and you can, you know, for those who ever heard it or who never heard it, the song is called Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. And um it's a tearjerker. But um Yeah. But but like I said, like you said, people grieve differently. Do what you know to do that's healthy. Yeah, and it's it's uh What's funny, you can only use what you have 
at any given mm-hmm. time. And, you know, um, God, and I, I tell people, God made me a communicator. And when I can use my communication skills, whatever they are, to help people heal or to transform their lives with hope and grace, I know that he's pleased with that. And, you know, there's a season for everything, and I've taught different subjects and different, you know, at different times in my life, and this is the journey God has me on now. And so I'm going to use the skills I have as a communicator to help people heal, to help people transform their lives for the better in this area. And so I can only give him what I have. Uh, I'm, he's going to use me in, you know, whatever way he can. So that's one of the gifts he's given me. And so I, I do what I can with it to just help people and to minister to people. Yeah, I do want to say this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Leaning on now, we've been talking about the topic of grief. And uh, we want to talk about your book. First of all, like I said, I know um, for those that don't know, he's a very humble young man and um, want to tell you all that he did write a book called Good Grief, Why Believers Can Grieve with hope and um, you're welcome Jeff tell us a little bit about the book and uh, also how people can contact you and even be able to purchase the book yeah um, the book actually came about I um, I was in seminary um, here in Dallas at Dallas Theological Seminary I, I was a student there when my granddaughter passed away and um, as I finished my studies, um, I wrote a research paper as part of my graduate studies, and I wrote the research paper focusing on grief. And I called the research paper, Good Grief, Why Believers Can Grieve With Hope. And I just studied the different aspects of grief, but how, but I talked about from personal experience how as a believer, we can grieve and grieve not like an unbeliever. You know, to kind of really unwrap that, uh, talk about how we grieve, talk about why we grieve, talk about why we should grieve. And, you know, so I graduated and uh, I had some friends of mine read the paper. My wife read the paper. And it was like, other people need to read this. And so I did a little a little ebook. Um, it's not a published physical book. I did an ebook. And the ebook is by the same name Good Grief, Why Believers Can Grieve with Hope. But what I did. Yes, it's on Amazon, and I made it the cheapest price possible, which is $0.99, cent. but you don't even have to buy it. Uh, if you come by my website, goodgriefbook.com, uh, goodgriefbook.com, if you go by my website, there's a little button at the top of the page that says free, and click the free button, and you'll go to a special page, and if you just drop off uh, your name and email address, uh, you can download a copy of the book as a PDF. Because um, I just wanted to be a resource. I mean, basically, I built the website to be a resource for people um, on their journey to hope and healing, dealing with grief. And the website is still, I mean, it's a brand new website. There's still stuff to fix on it. But that page works. <laughs> and uh, I also have a blog there where I've written a couple of blog pieces, uh, one about men and grief and about, you know, good things to say to people that are grieving and things you shouldn't say to people that are grieving and just little stuff like that. And, um, yeah, but the book is free. I mean, it's a little book. It's about mm, 35, 40 pages, if that many. And, um, and if you come to the website, goodgriefbook.com and click on the button that says free, uh, you can just download it for free. Uh, cause that's wanted to be a resource for people. I don't even want 99 cents to get in the way. Uh, just just download the book for free. Now, if you want to spend $0.99 cent and have it on your Kindle or iPad or something like that, you can go to Amazon and look for the book by name, uh, Good Grief, Why Believers Can Grieve With Hope, and you'll see it there. Um, and you will know it's my book because obviously my name will be on it, but then there's, there's like a gentleman kneeling down in a pool of water. So that's what the cover of the book looks like. Um, yeah, but please... Uh, 
if you want the book, just drop by the website and download it. It's gonna, I'm just giving it away um, because I just want people to have the resource. And it's kind of a growing, organic kind of book. I may jump back in and add a few pages later or edit it and, you know, add some more research to it and things like that. So it's kind of an organic book. Now, the, uh, the Amazon version will keep updating as I update. Uh, the PDF version, obviously, is kind of locked in what it is. Just have to come back to the website and download another copy if I do update it at some point. Well, I want to thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to thank you for your time, your love, your wisdom. And if you don't mind, before we get ready to get off the air, do you mind leading us in a word of prayer? No, not at all. We just want to come to you, God, humbly, and thank you for who you are. Thank you for making this earth, God. We thank you for making us. We thank you for making our loved ones, though we miss them. We thank you for making them and putting them on earth with us for however long you deem fit. And as we grieve, God, and as we're broken, and as you're putting us back together, God, help our hearts heal. Help us to walk this journey in a special way as believers, as people that know you for who you are and that have hope in you for who you are. Help us to realize that the sun is always there. Whether we can see you or feel you, you are always there. And as we move forward on our journeys, God, please prick our hearts for those that are unfortunately going to be on the journey behind us at some point. And let us look back, God, and shine our light to help them walk the path in a more healthy way. Let us be the light for their path, God, as you are the light for our path. We love you, God. And we ask for your blessing on us as we move forward. Ask for your blessing on this program, God. I ask your blessings for those that are listening to this program, that wanted to call in and didn't, that just didn't have the heart to call in to tell their stories. You're there with them, God, and we feel their spirit and we feel their love. We ask you, God, for the success of this program as it's reaching more and more people, changing more and more lives, strengthening believers, God, and convicting those that don't believe to wonder why we believe in such a God like you and helping their curiosity to even want to get close to you. We ask you, God, to continue to bless us and keep us in love and in health until we all meet again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. I want to thank everyone who listen to the program. Thank the young lady who called in. And once again, I want to thank Minister Radley Vincent. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for you sharing your heart. But more importantly, thank you for sharing your love. Thank you for having me. I, it was really a blessing and um, just letting God do what God does. And I just thank him for even putting us in the same atmosphere with each other. We can be brothers, man. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you. Thank you. And like I said, on a personal, thank you for helping me. Like I said, uh, this this is an area that is, is, is new for me, and I'm learning, but I want to make sure that I do it God's way. And, and once again, thank you. Uh, thank you all for praying for me. <clears throat> I'm, I'm already, like I said, I'm already claiming healing. And the next time we get on the air, I will hear my voice and I will not be congested. <laughs> but we want to thank each and everyone who tuned in to the show. Once again, uh, for those who's looking for Mr. Bradley Vincent, one more time, can you tell them how to get in contact with you on social media? Yes, uh, they can, you know, come see the website itself, goodgriefbook.com, or you can drop by on Facebook. My wife and I put together a special Facebook page for grievers or those looking for resources uh, just kind of help them move forward in the journey, and it's called Good Grief with the Vincents, V like victory, I-N-S-O-N-S. So Good Grief with the Vincents. We have some resources there. We'll be adding more and more maybe doing some Facebook live posts and things like that in the future. But those are just kind of the two um, 
social media, internet, places they can find me right now. Goodgriefbook.com or on Facebook. And it's a Facebook group called Good Grief with the Vincents. Just ask to join and we'll let you guys in and uh, we'll share and grow together. Once again, we thank everyone who tuned in to the program. We thank you all for your attentive ears, and we continuously praying for one another. Once again, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Radio Program. God bless you, and good night.